0: Well, happy Father's Day. We are so glad you are all able to join us today as we worship our God together as we celebrate this special day. I just want to thank all the dads out there that are just every single day giving it all they got to be a great father. So we just want to thank you for what you are doing. We know it's not easy. And we just want to thank our God who is an amazing heavenly father to each and every one of us. So we hope you dads enjoy your day. Well, my name is Johnny Graves. I'm the Director of Youth, Young Adults, and Production Ministries here at NBC. And just over a month ago, I actually just passed my four-year mark of being on staff here, and it's just been a blessing and a joy to be able to serve the Lord here at NBC. So thank you, God, for allowing me to be here, and just thank you so many people that have been a part that have made this possible. I've had the privilege to work with the staff here, and they really are so much fun to serve the Lord alongside every single day. Uh, Also, we have the best youth leadership team. I mean, these are just straight troopers here. Youth ministry ain't no joke. Uh, They serve every single week with our middle and high schoolers, who, by the way, are the best. Shout out. I love you guys. You are awesome. Uh, And our leaders have challenging conversations and difficult questions with them. So they are quite the group. I'm so grateful for each and every one of them. Uh, Camilla Denning has also been great to work alongside. She leads our middle schoolers and helps them grow in their faith and prepare them for high school. And this graduating class was actually her first seventh grade class, and she gets to see them graduate high school today. So I know it was a special day for her. And last week, we actually introduced a couple new interns for the summer. And personally, I've had an intern for almost a year, uh, Kaylee Garcelle, who's just been doing an amazing job helping me with youth and production. She's just been crushing it. So the videos, the live stream, the stage designs, when they're awesome, when they're great, it was probably because she did it. Uh, We also have an amazing production team that each week make it possible for you to have live stream in your home. So I'm so thankful for them, the hard work they put out to have this top-notch production. And lastly, I have an incredible family, an amazing wife who encourages and supports me and prays for me every single day. God has been good to me over the years here, and I just want to thank all of you who have just been a part of it and have made it such a joy for me. But during my years here, specifically in the last two years, my current family has changed quite drastically. My wife Shannon and I welcomed into this world our son Bennett. He is an absolute joy to be around, and we just love every second we get to have with him. And then recently, our little girl, Macy, who's just the sweetest little thing ever. We love her so much, and it's so fun to see her change already in just a few months. They have just brought so much love into our hearts, and we are so thankful for both of them. So what I thought I would do today is just share everything you need to know about fatherhood. I mean, that's why the pastors asked me. They said, you know what? Who else to ask but you? You just became a father in the last two years. I got it down, so let me share everything I know. <laughs> not at all, actually. Uh, as, a, as great as it's been to be a dad, I've learned some difficult truths about myself and myself as a dad specifically that I'd like to share today. Just in these short 21, 22 months, you know, I, I'm really excited to not have to say the months anymore. You know, when people ask me, hey, how old's Bennett? Okay, September to September is a year. It's February plus five. He's 17 months or 18, something like that. I'm just excited to say he's two. No more of this months nonsense. But what I've learned in this time is my eyes have been opened up to myself and our heavenly Father. So I'm going to share some stories today about my kids, which I'm so glad I get to do this. You know, I really think pastors with kids have it easy because it's just free material, free content, illustrations every time they preach. I mean, before I I had kids, I think I shared some stories about, like, my dog. All right, here's how your dog relates to your faith in God. It just didn't really do it. But now I got some great, relevant, emotional stories about my kids. So when I preach, I'll have this free content. It's it's so great. But these aren't the world's greatest stories. I'm not here to brag in the slightest bit. But I'm here to share some tough realizations I came through, some pretty embarrassing stories. And I hope they can be eye-opening And encouraging to see how great our Heavenly Father really is. You know, Johnny Erickson Tata says this around this subject. She says, The leaders God chooses are more often broken than strong, more damaged than whole, and more troubled than secure. So our Heavenly Father can use these types of people. They can use dads that are broken, that are damaged, to lead their family. So today, let's look at these three truths about being a dad. But before we get going, let's pray. God, we thank you that you are perfect. We thank you that you are a heavenly father that cares for us, that loves us, that forgives us. And may today, Lord, you open our eyes to that truth. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the first truth I learned from being a dad is I'm helpless. I'm helpless. With both of our kids, we felt the pain and brutal truth of just how helpless we really are. With Bennett, he had some serious GI issues for almost the first year of his life. He didn't gain any weight. He threw up everything he ate, so we literally dreaded feeding him every day because we knew he would just throw it right back up at us. We had a lot of doctor's appointments, hospital visits, specialist visits, and it was a long road before he got to a healthy stage. I just remember that feeling of helplessness each day. We tried so many things that we thought would help keep his food down and gain weight, but it just never worked. We throw our hands up every single day, just saying, I don't know what else to do. Nothing's working. Felt helpless, felt defeated, done. We prayed constantly because there was nothing else we could really do. And for our girl, Macy, we were in the hospital end of this year in January, ready to have her at just a little over 29 weeks. That's scary. You know, signs of labor were happening. It looked like this baby was coming real, real early. Survival rate, good health rate, they're not that great when you have a baby that early on. We followed doctor's instructions, things like that. But after, we could only do so much. And then once we come to that point, there's nothing else we could really do. We felt helpless, out of control. We prayed constantly because there was really nothing else we could do. So it was tough navigating through these seasons, feeling this way. Even though we prayed through it all, it was still a major test of our patience. But my eyes were opened up to something I wasn't aware of before, that I'm helpless. This wasn't something new in my life. It's not like I became a dad and all of a sudden, I'm helpless. But what fatherhood did was open my eyes to something I was already struggling with. I just didn't see it. Someone who also struggled with being helpless in many circumstances was a man named Moses. Moses was in the Old Testament, you may know him, he was a baby put in the basket, found by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in royalty, He eventually killed a man, fled, and God called him to free the nation of Israel by going to Pharaoh many times and used him to free God's people. So we're actually going to look at his life story today because he was a lot like a father figure to the nation of Israel and felt so many emotions, went through many experiences parents go through. Some are painful, some are accurate, some are just plain right funny. And one example of Moses being helpless is found in Exodus 17. So as as we read through this passage, I want everyone at home, raise your hands nice and high. If you didn't put on deodorant yet, sorry for the person next to you, but raise your hands nice and high, all right? Keep them up there, keep them up there like you're riding a roller coaster, and just keep them there while we read this passage, okay? Do it, do it now. (laughs) Exodus 17, verses 8 to 13. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. All right, who still got their hands up? Some of you are shaken, some of you are kind of like halfway, some of you gave up after one verse. But here, Moses is literally helpless. Helpless. He can't even keep his hands up to help the nation of Israel win a battle. It's kind of difficult. Would you agree? You just did it. You know, even recently I was doing some yoga, doing all these warrior poses, one, two, three. Your hands get pretty tired just after a short amount of time. But here Moses has to hold it up. Not for whatever it was, five verses, but an entire battle. Go watch the last Hobbit movie and see if you can keep your hands up during that battle scene. It's pretty much the entire movie, like two and a half hours. It's difficult. So, for me, I was like Moses. I felt helpless, like I couldn't keep my hands up. Have you felt helpless? Have you felt this way? Parents out there, I'm sure you've had nights where you just feel defeated, as though you've tried everything to help your child through different situations, different seasons of life, but it just doesn't seem to be working, and you just feel helpless. You know, because when things in life go poorly and we can't fix it, that's how we feel. But God, but God is helpful when we are helpless. And as painful as it can be to recognize that, how helpless we really are, it's those times of failure, those times where we start losing our battles, is when we realize how in need of a rescuer we really are, and how dependent on God we really should be. You know, God provided and helped me in my time of need when I felt like I couldn't keep my hands up. You know, he provided two people in my life. You know, I felt like on one side, I had my family supporting me and encouraging me. And on the other side, I felt like I had the church there supporting and encouraging me to keep my hands up, to keep fighting. Praise the Lord. God healed our son, who's a healthy little boy today. And Macy, we made it just a few days shy of 40 weeks. Only God, only God could do that. We praise him and thank him for the miracles that he's done. So as I began to realize how helpless I really was, like I said before, it was always true. But my experiences as a dad just opened my eyes to that truth. I also began to realize when I was helpless, I didn't realize what I should do during those times. So the next truth I learned from being a dad was that I'm unwise. I'm unwise. So this truth came right away and maybe for many of you, you, you felt this pain as well. It actually came in the first night in the hospital we had with our son, Bennett. So we had already pulled an all-nighter labor the night before. So we're coming into to night number two at the hospital, exhausted. And this was our first for, for everything with us. And it was an absolute mess. Our first kid, we didn't know what we were doing. So he cried all night. I mean, all night. I mean, he was just miserable. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't get comfortable. He couldn't eat. And I remember it was like 3 or 4 a.m. He's continuing to lose it. Shannon and I both are starting to lose it. Like, what do we do? (laughs) And I remember saying to her, why would we know what to do? Why would we know? We've never done this. We've never had experience in this before. We've never cared for an infant like this. You've never fed an infant like this, at least I hope. I mean, you can listen to podcasts. You can read books. You can talk to other parents about this stuff, but there's some things you just don't know until you experience it. So our path of seeking wisdom began real quick. Real quick. So as a dad, I realized this, but became very obvious, is that I really need wisdom in my life. Godly wisdom pouring into me as I learn how to raise my kids. Once again, I was unwise before being a dad, but this just opened my eyes to that brutal truth. And Moses would 100% agree with this. I love the story I'm going to share. It cracks me up. I see this in parents. I see this in youth ministry. It's so spot on. So let's continue to read in Exodus in chapter 17 and verse 1. You don't have to put your hands up. You can keep them nice, nice to your side. Drink a cup of coffee. Relax on this one, all right? Take a breather. This is what it says. Exodus 17 verse 1. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord Camped at Rafidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Dramatic? A little aggressive? Maybe. I think so. So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will come before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders. And he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? All right, is this not a hilarious story? I mean, the people are getting antsy, they're getting upset, they're getting thirsty, they start complaining to Moses, and they're so aggressive. Like, you're thirsty, dude. You think Moses is trying to kill you with that? So so Moses throws his hands up, and is like, this isn't cool, And he goes to God and says, what do you want me to do with these people? Have you ever felt like that as a parent? Long car ride, getting kids to do their homework, or going to school? Did you send me to school to kill me? Way too relatable. But Moses shows us the example of a humble father and what we should do in situations like this. Moses is in a difficult situation. He doesn't know how to handle. He doesn't try to make something up. He doesn't try to talk him out of it. He doesn't yell at them saying, you're being ridiculous. Stop complaining, I got this. No, what Moses does is he goes to God and he says, what should I do? I mean, guys, this is Moses we're talking about. Look at the life of Moses. I mean, he was raised in royalty. He freed the nation of Israel by going to Pharaoh multiple times, demanding for God's people to be freed. This is probably a brilliant guy. This is a great guy, but he's a meek leader. He is a humble leader. And he seeks wisdom. He knows he needs it, like really, really bad. And in our lives, we come to many places where we could use wisdom as well. So, what do you do when you find yourself in that situation? Maybe we act like we got it all together. My family's perfect. Yeah, okay. Uh, Or maybe we just ignore situations like this when they come up. I just don't want to deal with it right now. Or maybe we try to solve all of our problems on our own and we just wing it. Because that might you know work well. But have you ever felt unwise? Maybe for our recent graduates, you know, deciding what you wanted to do after graduating was a tough decision. What school should I go to? What should I study? What job should I take? And if I take it, is it going to be the one I do for the rest of my life? What if I don't like it? Tough decisions. We need wisdom. And Moses seeks wisdom. God gives him the wisdom to take care of his family. He does the same to us today. You know, I find myself constantly going to God, asking him what I should do with this or that, because I want God to lead the way and show me what to do. In James 1.5, it says this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. This doesn't just apply to dads. This doesn't just apply to moms. This applies to everybody because we all in our stages of life don't know what to do sometimes. So seek the Lord, ask, and he will bless you with wisdom as we read earlier is the lord among us or not yes yes he is seek him seek his wisdom and he will lead the way you know what's really difficult though is maybe even after we get the help we need maybe after we get some wisdom and we think we know what to do sometimes even after that we still don't feel as though we're adequate enough and that's the last truth I'll share today is that i'm inadequate I'm really talking myself up today. This is great. I'm sure you're all so excited to send your kids to youth ministry here. You know, here's this guy. He's helpless. He's, he's not smart. He's not even adequate. What, what, what is he doing up here on stage, huh? But this became known to me during one of our doctor visits, many of our doctor visits, and the expectations we should have of our kids as they age. You know, they should be learning these words, these body parts, saying these types of sentences. Physically, they should be doing these things, walking, crawling, being able to, you know, hand-eye coordination. I mean, my mind starts to race. You know, the first year, it's like, feed them, change them, crawl and walk, and you're good. Like, that's it. Easy enough. But now it's starting to get real. And next, after maybe some of these Toddler, childhood things. It's going to be real life things. How to have conversations. How to handle conflict. How to introduce yourself. Eventually, how to manage money. How to drive. All very important things laid into the hands of parents saying good luck. Well, what if these things don't go well? Or what if it takes him a little bit longer to learn? Or what if he just doesn't care, doesn't want to learn them? Or it's just a disaster when I try to teach him these things. I feel inadequate. You know, One example is there's this one book that my son Bennett loves. I actually brought it today. Uh, It's got planes, it's got trucks, it's got cars, all sorts of things. And it's a flat book, so there's a bunch of flaps. And usually, 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 with flat books, you open and close them. Simple enough, tons of flaps. But Bennett, he didn't like to just open and close. He loved to open and rip, right? So as you'll see here on this first page, uh, these are actually at one point, they were all, had flaps on them. Every single one. And we tried to teach him. We open, we close, we open, we close. But he just kept ripping every single one off. I mean, seriously, like these were all covered as well. They're all gone. You can see the rip marks. It was so annoying. It was so annoying. We got so frustrated. We started to tape them back on. Like, don't ruin this book. It was a gift. And eventually, he started getting upset because he was ripping them off. He'd rip it off and go, oh, I ripped another one off. He was getting upset. We started feeling so frustrated, and we're like, what are we doing wrong? I can't even teach him how to read this book and not destroy it. I felt so inadequate. And I know it's such a, it's such a, little, a little thing. It's really not a big deal. But what is it going to be when he's 10? What is it going to be when he's 10 where I'm trying to teach him something, and he keeps ruining it? What is it, it going to be when he's 18? He's an adult, and I'm trying to teach him things. And he just rips it off, and he just keeps going back to it. Maybe there's something in your life, we just keep going back to it. God's trying to show us, he's trying to teach us a lesson, he's trying to show us, we just keep ripping it off. God tapes it back on, we just keep ripping it off. So with this, I just felt so inadequate. I can't even teach him how to read a book, how am I going to teach him these things when he's, his, when he's a teenager? And I realize, and what I think for many of us, is that our feelings of inadequacy stems from our expectations of perfection. I'm going to say that again. Our feelings of inadequacy stems from our expectation of perfection. We expect things, at least I do, to go super well the first time, because why shouldn't they? But our kids aren't perfect. Newsflash. We aren't perfect. Newsflash. Yet we find so many people feel this feeling of inadequacy Because of our expectations. And Moses felt the same way when God called him to do something. So let's see how Moses responds when God calls him to be a part of his plan. So God calls Moses, and this is his response. In Exodus 4, starting in verse 10, it says this. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not elegant either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech. And of tongue, then the Lord said to him, "Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak." But he said, "Oh my Lord, just please send someone else." Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, "Is there not Aaron your brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and he sees you, he will be glad in his heart." You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand the staff with which you shall do the signs. Moses says, I'm not good enough. You got the wrong guy. I can't speak well. Have you seen me try to do any sort of public speaking? I shake, I get nervous, my stomach turns. And then even after God says, I'll handle all those things, because remember, I made them, Moses still goes, well, just find, just find somebody else anyways. <laughs> There's better people out there than me. Have you ever felt inadequate? Maybe for something God has called you to do, I mean, maybe for you, you're at your job and you just don't think you're that great at it. You know, you're sitting there each day saying, why am I coming here? I'm not, I'm not even making a difference. I mean, there's so many other people that are better than me at this. I just feel inadequate here. But God can do a lot with people that think this way. God is able to make the inadequate adequate. God can make those that aren't able able. When we let go of ourselves, when we let go of our expectations of our ability in ourselves, and we place that in God, a sense of peace will rush over you like nothing you've ever experienced that. And I've been there. I felt that peace when I've just let go. Because God didn't pick Moses because he was perfect or because he was adequate, but God picked him because God was perfect. God is able to make him adequate. Moses thought, if if God called me, I'd probably have to be perfect at this public speaking thing. Otherwise, it would be a disaster. But we can't expect perfection from imperfect people. You know, I remember at an ERLC conference a few years ago in Nashville, our family ministries team went to, there was this one speaker, a little older, white beard, so I assumed he was pretty smart. He was talking about this subject And he was telling parents this. Don't be surprised when your kids sin. Don't be shocked when they lie to you. Don't gasp when they don't listen to you. Okay, why? Because kids are sinners. They aren't perfect little angels we like to think they are. (laughs) They are in need of God's grace, just like us adults. But we find ourselves, we find parents saying, I can't believe you did that. How could you? Really? I mean, really? You you really can't believe that a sinner would sin? Because when we do that, when we do things like this, kids look at these expectations that they should never mess up, that they should be perfect. I mean, think of the pressure, the weight on their shoulders when they see us react in those ways. And the sad thing is that translates into how they view God and how God will react when they go to them and say, God, I'm sorry I've done these things that God would be surprised, that God would be shocked, annoyed by their sin. And we see so many kids leaving the church because they think, well, if I go talk to God, he's going to react just like that. But he doesn't. He doesn't. And neither should we. I mean, this really opened my eyes, really showed me how I should view my kids and what I should teach them and what I should expect of them. I shouldn't expect perfection. They're sinners, they aren't perfect. And they need Jesus, I need to teach them that. So if my kids aren't perfect due to being born into sin in this world, why would I expect them to be something? Only Jesus can be perfect. Only Jesus can do that. Man, is is parenting difficult or what? (laughs) Yes. So in my inadequacy, My eyes have been opened to the fact that God still calls me. God is still able to work through me even when I fail, even when I don't think I'm the right guy. He comes alongside me and makes me able to do the things he calls me to do, like with Moses. Even when I say, find someone else, I can't do this. God provides for us in ways we just can't even imagine. And that's who our Heavenly Father is. That is what our Heavenly Father can do. So as I reflect on the last almost two years of being a dad, I've learned so much already. I'm really nervous what I'm going to learn in about 20 years. (laughs) But I realize that what I've learned should not be avoided, should not be disappointing, and I shouldn't be ashamed to admit these. Rather, <clears throat> what I've learned and would encourage you would be to admit and welcome these truths into your life as well. Whether you are a dad or not, we are all held captive to our sin. We are all held captive to our helplessness, our brokenness, our foolishness, our inadequacy until we admit them to be true. That is when we are set free. And what Jesus says in John eight thirty one to 32 So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So right now I want to challenge all the dads out there to accept these truths. Quick pride check. Will you admit you're helpless? When we realize we are helpless and that we are desperately in need of God to get through our day, that is when we can get through our day. Will you admit you're unwise? When we realize that we are unwise and that we really need help handling situations in life, that is when we will seek wisdom from God in those situations and God will grant us with true wisdom. Will you admit you're inadequate? When we realize that we are inadequate and aren't able to do these things, that is when we'll stop looking to ourselves. We'll start looking to God who will make us able. Our Heavenly Father does not ignore us when we feel this way. He graciously comes to our side and provides for our every need. Yet we have to be humble enough to admit that we need him for this. I know when I see Bennett or Macy helpless in need of someone to come to them, or maybe they're doing something or about to do something that they shouldn't do, but they just aren't wise enough to know it yet, Or maybe just physically, they they just aren't able to accomplish something because they're inadequate. You know, I see them in their pain. I see them in their crying. And it hurts. It hurts. So I hold them. And when I hold them, I look into their eyes. And I know the love I have for them is indescribable. I mean, if you're a parent, you know the feeling. I, I couldn't even put it into words if I tried. I'd do anything for them. You know, I remember after both of them were born, you get those hospital bills in the mail. You look how much you owe. It's like, whew. jaw drop. It's a lot of cash, man. Whew. But then you look at the other column and it says how much it would have cost like if you didn't have insurance and your jaw drops even farther. You're like, oh my gosh, that is a lot. I remember seeing that. And I remember going, I'd, I'd still pay that still pay that. I'd pay 10 times that if it means I get to have my Bennett and my Macy. I'd give up everything to have them. And that is with an imperfect love from a broken and imperfect dad. Imagine the love, imagine the care that we receive from a perfect love, from a perfect God, From a perfect father who calls us his child when he holds us i mean that is our heavenly father that is who he is amen well let's pray god we thank you for your grace in our lives we thank you for showing us each day truly how much of a loving and caring Father you are to us, that even when we're crying, when we're upset, we're ripping our books up, you're still there forgiving us, you're still there by our side, helping us each day. And we thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're thankful you were able to join us this morning as we celebrate Father's Day. Take some time and maybe just spend some time in quietness and praying to the Lord and just thanking Him uh, for all that He has done as our Heavenly Father. We thank you, and we just hope you enjoy this special Father's Day. God bless.